folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Welcome into a semi-kind of almost emergency podcast. Matthew Cowler along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Courtney, we had planned to just do this and talk about the game and key matchups, Vikings, Packers, history, all these things together. No fans in the stands, lots of storylines, rookies who could make a difference. But instead, the Minnesota Vikings will never, ever allow us to have a day to have an average regular old podcast together because Daniil Hunter was put on injured reserve and Delvin Cook still doesn't have a deal. So where do you want to start with this? Uh, We should probably start with the Hunter news just because it is, I mean, in, in a very newsworthy day, it's probably the biggest news so far, but really it shouldn't be a surprise to many people because he hasn't practiced for nearly a month. And, you know, if we want to take Dr. Zimmer's, um, you know, words of uh, encouragement, advice, what you want to say, like, oh, yeah, I anticipate that he'll play this week. Well, I anticipate the world could end tomorrow. So, I mean, you can anticipate a whole lot. Um, In 2020, I'm not sure you want to test fate there. I don't want to, but I just, you know, it's uh, the whole way that the way this whole situation was handled just is is mind boggling. Um, And nobody should be surprised, though, that this is the outcome here. I mean, it's basically like anytime Mike Zimmer says he expects someone to practice or expects someone to play a game, think the opposite. So I did this the other day. If people listened to the last podcast with Myron Medcalf, there were a couple times where Myron alluded to Daniil Hunter playing against Green Bay, and I edited them out because I was like, I just don't trust – 
I just don't trust that Mike Zimmer is telling us the truth. So I thought I'm going to take that out. So it doesn't look bad like a day from now. And then there you have it. Uh, He ends up on IR. And that was the part of it that surprised me, Courtney, not that he wasn't going to play against the Green Bay Packers. I think we had a pretty good sense for that as we went along. Like even Daniil Hunter, even the freakiest of the freaky cannot play NFL football uh, after missing all of camp and not even like ramping up, not even doing things on the side. Normally, if someone was rehabbing, we would have seen them on the side field working out and getting better, but we didn't see that from Hunter. So week one was a real long shot for me, but now at least three weeks that Daniil Hunter has to sit out, and who knows if that ends up being more than that. That was the part that I said, okay, this was really serious, and yes, they did know how serious it was for a long time. They've known. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is something that's been monitored for a while, and I know that even way back when, when Mike Zimmer said it's a little tweak and that it's up to Eric Sugarman, their head athletic trainer, uh, when Daniil Hunter would return, you knew then that it was something that was probably in look. Like, I will, you know, my sources all along have been very consistent in that this is a precautionary measure. It's not like he has something that's going to be a season-ending injury, but you don't, it's it's his neck. So that's a really serious part of the body that you just don't want to play with or just don't want to leave to chance. So I understand the short-term IR, essentially. Um, it's like a 21-day uh, DL, I think is I think it's what Bruce Arians called it. Um, it makes sense. But... He's, he can't play for three games at minimum. Will he be back for the Houston game? It's going to depend how this thing progresses, but you're right. We haven't seen him do anything. Like, even when I was inside for practice today, like, they go through stretching, and he comes out uh, during the individual period, and he's just doing some, I don't know, what do you call it, calisthenics? Like, he was stretching with Mark Uyema uh, on the side and, you know, not really going through a whole ton of vigorous motion. So, I mean, we, we haven't seen him run. We haven't seen him do anything other than team stretching. But even this week, they've scaled that back. And obviously with him with the IR designation, he's now going to have some time to work through that injury. But I think that him going on IR now, um, it's not like seasons over type injury because you do have the short term. It's not eight weeks. It's not you know, half the, half the season, like he'll be back, but it certainly is a blow to your pass rush, right as you thought, hey, things are getting good here because you got unique in Gakwe. Um, I think it's kind of twofold. Like it, it definitely, you got in Gakwe because he was available and you wanted to shore up your pass rush, but also you could hint to the fact that Daniel Hunter was not going to be ready to go for week one, even back then two weeks ago. So this kind of made a few things make sense that every time we asked anyone about, oh, well, you've got Ngakwe and Hunter now. I mean, this is a pretty good combination. We would get, "Uh, yeah, well, I think so. Like there were very Mm -hmm. muted responses to how awesome at football Yannick Ngakwe is. And usually they're really excited to talk about the new shiny toy that's coming to town. And there was a lot of hesitation there, which made it feel like some people thought this is just trying to put dots together. No one has said this specifically that they only traded for Ngakwe because of Hunter. And I don't see it necessarily that way. I mean, it makes sense that they would need someone else to come in here and be a pass rusher if Hunter was going to be out. But if Mm -hmm. it isn't a super long-term injury, you're talking about someone who is under the age of 26, who you could lock up for a long time and have this combination. So I think it makes sense in the short and long-term 
The question I have is, is it only going to be three weeks? Because he is so not anywhere close to football at this moment. He has had no ramp-up period at all. When he does return, what version of Daniil Hunter are we going to see? It's not going to be the one yeah. who plays every single snap in Houston, I don't think. I would guess this is a half-a-season type thing because we've seen injuries from guys like Mike Hughes or Latavius Murray where they had off-season surgeries or issues where they couldn't fully participate in camp. It set them way back. They were not the same person for quite a long time. I would expect that that's going to be the issue with uh, Daniil Hunter, that he won't be himself really until the second half of the season, assuming that he is even coming back in the first half of the season. So now my question is, now what? Now what is the answer on the left side at defensive end? Because I don't know if it's as simple as, hey, just have a Fadi Adenable play there. He has not played there. No one has played there because Daniel Hunter is always there. Yeah, it's uh, behind him on the depth chart is Jalen Holmes and then Eddie Yarbrough. And behind Unique Ngakwe is a Fadi Odenabo. So you'd think logically, well, if Fadi was, you know, in line to be a starter this year before the trade, why wouldn't you just move him over and have him play uh, Daniil's spot? Is it easier said than done? I mean, it sounds like it because that's not, you know, I'm not saying it can't be done. If Fadi's moved around a whole lot and Jalen Holmes and Eddie Yarbrough did split reps there throughout uh, training camp. But I just think that to, to I mean, that's going to make Ngakwe's job a lot harder when he's going from, you know, standing as a defensive end in a 4-3 last year to having his hand in the dirt this year. I mean, he's still learning how to – he's learning this defense. He just got here. So, I mean, it's kind of like you're, you're going to be throwing a whole hell of a lot more at him. Um, and at the same time, all the attention is going to go his way on that left side of the offensive line. It's going to be trying to throw a tight end over there. You know, they're going to be using multiple guys to try to block him. It's going to be tough. So how this team, like, you can't force Aaron Rodgers to play the way you want Aaron Rodgers to play when you have such a young secondary if you can't pressure him up front the way that you want to and the way that you expect to. And I think that is going to be their hardest thing this weekend. Um, If you, you know, if you put a Fadio Denebo there, if you put Jalen Holmes there, I think either way it's still going to be very, very tough to pressure this quarterback because – you know, they're still trying to – and it's not even just that. Like, Aaron Jones is a very good running back. Like, how does this affect the run defense is is my question. I think that's going to hurt Hunter having Hunter, like, not playing. If that effect's going to be even more because Unique Ngakwe is not very good against the run. He's a finesse pass rusher. That's what he's good at. And, you know, defending the run and getting dirty up there is just not his thing. Now, do, do we think Shamar Stephan can hold his own? I mean, I think I'd like to think he's better at nose tackle than he is as a three technique. But this is a team that sets up a lot of their play action off of what they do with Aaron Jones and their other running backs. So that's going to be a really tough test, I think, for this front seven. The linebackers are going to have their work cut out for them. So there's the short term this week and then the long term. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Last year, week two, Aaron Rodgers had 17 dropbacks where he was not pressured. He went 17 for 17 with 143 yards, two touchdowns when they did not pressure him. And then in the week 16 game, he went 21 for 29 when he was not pressured. If you give Aaron Rodgers time to throw, he is going to shred you. I don't care how washed we talk about Aaron Rodgers uh, being the only thing that kept them in both games Uh, was the fact that they were able to pressure him, especially week two, Everson Griffin dominated that game. I had it go through my mind that they could play Yannick Ngakwe on the other side 
because he has before. Yeah. Um, and then keep a Fadi Adenabo in the same spot. Because even though Adenabo is a guy who's moved around, it's moved around over a guard and, and practiced throughout entire training camp at the right defensive end position. It would be a lot to ask him to move over to the other side. Or you're going to play Jalen Holmes there on early downs and hope that mm-hmm. he helps you stuff the run because he does go about 280 pounds. So he's a bigger guy uh, than Odenabo. I don't think any of these options are very good at all. And and it seems to me that when you get into, well, hey, the way to pressure Rodgers then is going to be through blitzes and so forth, a lot of times the veteran quarterbacks are good against blitzes, though. And, and so that, that makes it really difficult to just say, oh, well, blitz them. Right, but if you blitz in the yeah. wrong situation and they run instead or throw a screen behind you, we've seen the Vikings take advantage of that. Then you're talking about giving up a lot of big plays. This is a game changer. If it, if they had not gotten Ngakwe, I would have been more uh, confident that Daniil Hunter could dominate the pass rush on his own than I am with Ngakwe. Even though I think Ngakwe is good, Hunter is so much more of an all-around player. I was already expecting Ngakwe in this game to only play like 35 or 40 snaps. And now it's like, oh, not only do you have to work yourself in, you've got to be the guy who is responsible for beating David Bakhtieri, one of the best left tackles in the league, and dominating this game. And that would be the case for me to move Ngakwe to the other side so he's not going up against Bakhtieri, but rather mystery right tackle X that Matt LaFleur won't tell us who it is. I think that trying to take advantage of that matchup with someone who has rushed from both sides before is a better idea than just sticking Jalen Holmes in at that uh, left defensive end. Yeah, especially, I mean, like, they obviously kept Holmes on the roster, and, you know, it, it, it all this kind of makes sense now, right? When you think yes. about, oh, it's just a tweak. Well, why'd they keep 11 defensive linemen on the roster? Well, clearly they knew they were going to inactivate, or excuse me, how tired I am. They're going to make <laughs> one of them. Yeah. They're going to make one of them on IR, um, and then you're, now you're down to 10. Like, you need that depth, because it's just not a lot of proven quality depth. I mean, yeah, they got reps in at camp, but do you trust? Jalen Holmes in that situation do you trust I mean I would trust Eddie Yarbrough more he's had more playing experience I mean Holmes could be good but do you I mean what's the path of least resistance here is it starting a Fadio Den about the position he was playing all throughout training camp is it moving unique in Gakwe is it keeping Gakwe there I mean you're right he's probably there's probably going to be quite a rotation there as with the Red Rushers because you can't anticipate that guy who started practicing for the first time all of 2020 last Thursday is going to be 100% up to speed. Like, I don't care how much he's in the building and, you know, how much of the playbook he's in and staying late and all the great things that Mike Zimmer said about him. I'm just trying to be realistic about this. This is not somebody who's going to be – it's not somebody who knows the ins and outs of the defense and the checks and the calls and everything. I mean, that mm-hmm. stuff takes time. It's institutional knowledge that he just doesn't have yet. And, you know, I'm very curious to see how Andre Patterson wants to play this because, you know, how many times have they talked about in the past? Oh, we want a defensive line rotation. Well, now's your chance. You can finally put that into action if you can really do it. Yeah. Really. Except, I'm not even being a smartass about that. That's right. the time you can actually do that. Except you lost Stephen Weatherly, who was a key part of whatever defensive rotation you had last year, defensive line rotation, and you've never really built it out. I mean, so they tried this year drafting Kenny Willekes and DJ Wanham. Willekes is hurt. Uh, DJ Wanham, we didn't see a whole heck of a lot of in training camp working with the second and none working with the first team, which to me indicates that he's a guy that's not going to get that many opportunities to get on the field. But, you know, just in yesterday's podcast, Myron Metcalf and I were talking about how if 
they get one significant injury, there is a domino effect similar to how we said there's a domino effect of Ngakwe in a good way but in injuries this team is so short on depth in many different spots that it goes the opposite way they don't even have any backup safeties I mean the only thing you can really lose would be a linebacker because Eric Wilson is good but aside from that I mean you are now asking Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr and Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith to be the defense and Yannick Ngakwe because you're getting probably really questionable play from all of the other positions unless these corners really stand up and and surprise us and come out and are just outstanding from the very get-go but I was expecting a learning curve from these guys because they have to play good quarterbacks here yeah I mean look at their five-week stretch they open the season with Aaron Rodgers and then it's you know Ryan Tannehill's no slouch I mean I would throw Phillip Rivers in there but just for the sake of this I won't um Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, like you have a really good stretch there um, in the first five weeks. It's really going to show you what you have with your cornerback group. Like, yeah, they look good in camp, but they're also going against their own offense every single day. And you're going to get tested. Aaron Rodgers is no slouch. Like, I know that we think he's washed at certain points, but (laughs) he's going to see Cam Dantzler go in there and he's going to pick him apart or at least attempt to. So, I think that's one of those situations where you just kind of have to temper your expectations to think that these defensive backs might not be able to hold their own as well as at least is anticipated. That's just being a realist about it. Like, you know, as Harrison Smith told us yesterday and even Eric Kendricks today talking about that internal clock, like, you know, the way that Rodgers plays now at what, what is he, 36? Yeah, almost 37. Um, yeah, Almost 37 is probably different than the way he played when he was in his early 30s. Like, we get that. But he's still able to improvise. He still can move in and out of the pocket. And he can make plays on the run. He can do – he can extend drives the way that he's he's done his entire career. But the way to beat him in a lot of play, places is, is make him play – you know, make him step up into the pocket and make a throw. Take away his personnel on the outside. I mean, he's got limited personnel to begin with since he doesn't have many weapons to throw to. So they're going to rely heavily on that run game. It just makes sense. And, you know, it's just, it's re- it really makes that job tough for the people on the back end of that defense. I mean, Harrison's, my, like, here's like, you know, like brain exploding onto the table right now. They still have two safeties on the roster. That's it. Did you know that? Because yeah, it buried within the Dalvin Cook stuff and the Daniil Hunter is they yeah. haven't made a move for a safety yet. So yeah. I don't know what they're doing there. Um, but that is the pressure that's going to put on those safeties to pick mm-hmm. up the slack for the cornerbacks is going to be immense. And it's only week one and everybody's conditioning. Sure, they feel like they're, you know, ready to go, all that. It's only been a month, though, of seeing guys in actual football, you know, football mode where they're doing football things. And it's it, everybody's together on the field as a team and all that. Like, ex- I expected the play to be rusty to begin with. I think everybody did. But now you throw in another, you know, another hurdle into this equation. I think it's going to be really tough on Sunday, especially on the back end of that defense, when you're not getting the help from the pass rush up front to – keep him high and, and, you know, try to, you know, pressure him as much as he can. Want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. They just launched their official collaboration with Bud Grant. Yes, Bud Grant. 
You can now get your official Bud Grant shirt and Man Cave art print. If you haven't seen it yet, you have to check it out, and we're going to hook you up with free shipping for your order. Use code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That is SOTASTIC, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. I think uh, what we'll see is them activate the two backup safeties on the practice squad. They, yeah, they have to. Bump. Right. And then after week one, they'll look at signing other people because then you don't have to pay those guarantees if it doesn't work out with the way that the CBA works. So I wouldn't even be surprised. We'll find out how serious Hunter is because Ziggy Ansa is still a free agent. There's a couple other guys who are pass rushers who are, like, would they look at somebody else to bring in? And if they do, if they brought in someone like Ziggy Ansa, then you have to say, okay, this might actually be pretty serious. Um, so yeah. we'll see kind of how that progresses. But, I, you know, I'm actually a little surprised that you have not pimped a home run like Sammy Sosa in 1998 here. And I don't mean that you had uh, the report that it is a neck injury for Daniel Hunter and that you had uh, you had guessed that previously. But what I'm referring to is that you have been banging the drum on this show and previous iterations of this show for an interior pass rusher, for somebody at the three technique position to bring to this team what Sheldon Richardson did in 2018 and Tom Johnson did in the past because it's valuable. And now you have Jaleel Johnson and you have maybe Armand Watts. We'll see how much he plays. I think that it will eventually become a lot that Armand Watts plays, but they didn't go out and they didn't get one of those people. They didn't draft them. They didn't trade for them. They didn't sign them. And now you're looking at it going, okay, well, if your one edge rusher can't pressure the quarterback, then basically (laughs) no one can. It's like, what do you expect? Like all of it to go from like one side of the defensive line and then everything else just like spits out the other side. Of course, Rodgers is going to roll away from that one side and and throw down – Devonte Adams, wherever the heck he is on the other side of the field, but it just looks yes, that's what's going to happen because you didn't prioritize that position. And I understand that they felt they needed to replace Linville Joseph, and it's very unfortunate what happened that Michael Pierce had to, you know, opt out of the season uh, because of coronavirus. But you know, now you're kind of in a predicament. Like, can Jaleel Johnson be more than what he was? And more than what he is, like what we've seen so far. I mean, sure, you like the development of him in camp, but is that going to be enough when you're going against a pretty decent side, that side of the offensive line? Um, and to be able to, you know, force your way to, into the backfield to try to keep Rodgers high in the pocket. I mean, you need to make him step into these throws to, to put some pressure on him. And I just don't know. I mean, we really won't know until – be able to judge if that experiment worked out at all. But, yeah, I mean, that's something and, – and their kind of rationale behind that is I, the whole thing about Shamar's coach to do what he's – you know, he played – coach to do what he's supposed to do. Okay, well, he played, what, 300-something plus pass rushing snaps. Was he co- coached not to pa- pressure the quarterback? I don't know. 350 um, with six pressures, I don't think, yeah. was the game plan. No, it wasn't. And it's not – he's just not a natural three technique. It's not – there's no slight on him. It's just not a natural three technique. Um, I think when they think about their, like, you know, their nickel package and potentially other, you know, obvious passing down uh, defensive packages that they use, that they'll be able to generate and manufacture some of that pressure with an Afadio Denebo, with a Hercules Mata'afa, with those Mm -hmm. guys, is it going to be enough? I don't know, because I feel like they did some of that last year and it worked, and then other times it didn't. Yep. 
I yeah, I agree. Odenabo was good at it, but if you have to play him at defensive end all the time, then that kind of it reverses the effect of getting uh, Yannick Ngakwe. So a uh, huge impact with Daniil Hunter being out. It will be fascinating. I'm I'm writing it down right now. I think they play Ngakwe at the other side, but that's that's just a pure guess. Have not heard exactly what they're going to do, and uh, I'm sure that they will be very secretive about that when we ask them. Uh, are you ready for a pie chart? You prepared? Sure. You got you got uh, you got a pen, got some I'm paper. Can you draw yeah. a circle? Yeah, I already drew it. Okay, all right. Here it is. Delvin Cook. Okay. Here's your choices. Choice number one, of course, it's got to be out of 100. percent Is <laughs> that you? It has been a problem at times. I know. I know you're right. Been on fire. So, uh, choice number one is that Delvin Cook signs a contract extension on Sunday morning or Saturday night, right before the uh, Vikings and Packers play in week one. Choice number two, Delvin Cook suits up against the Packers without a contract extension. Choice number three is that Delvin Cook does not suit up, does not play, holds out and says, I am not playing against the Green Bay Packers until I have a contract extension. And choice number four is that Anything else happens, like any anything other, like crazy thing. Uh, this goes on for the whole year. He sits out six weeks. Just like other is is yeah. your your fourth choice. All right, because you I'm just gonna... uh, the situation. You just really don't know. No, you don't, and that's the crazy part about it. Um, all right, give me one second. Thirty percent is do, going. Do 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 do. You're making a pie chart. Do 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 do. That's a really good one. I'm glad that you. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you came to uh, terms with that one. I got the uh, production team on it. Uh, we wrote the jingle, practiced it, worked on the chord progression, scales. All right, you ready? Uh, no, I need to figure out the percentage of. <laughs> it's hard. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> I feel like, like I want to put other at like 95. percent That's just kind of what that I'm doing this, right this now. This off season here has just been nuts and I'll I'll say uh, again what I said yesterday is just that if it doesn't happen by Sunday I don't think not the Vikings, happening I don't think the Vikings are doing it because they have not signed anyone that I can remember the entire time during Zimmer's era in season to a contract extension so yep okay I am ready okay go ahead all right so 20% I'm go well I won't I won't get I won't spill the beans that way it's going to go backwards. Um number 1 is he signs an extension Saturday night Sunday morning. Um I put that at 30%. Okay. The reason that is like right now what are we doing? We're waiting on Alvin Kamara apparently. Um if Kamara the rumors out there it's 13 million. If it's above 13 it's probably in the 14 range. I've heard a lot of different things that it could potentially be higher than most people think. Well, if Alvin Kamara gets his deal and then Dalvin and his representation go back to the table, um, you're not going to get an Alvin Kamara deal. I'm sorry. That is not happening. Alvin Kamara's had 81 receptions each of his three seasons in the NFL. He's played, he's played 45 games where and he's been healthy. That's the thing. I mean, he's more of a receiver. They use him out of the backfield. They use him on screens. They use him in the slot. They do a lot more pass catching with him and they do with Dalvin Cook. That's not to say Dalvin can't. How Cannon. weird is that, by the Evan. way? 81, 81, 81. I know. It's almost like they, like, tried to do it that way. But, I mean, the guy had 2,000 receiving yards uh, over the course of his three years in the NFL. I mean, he really, truly has a very split balance between running the ball 
2,400 uh, rushing yards his first three seasons in, in receiving, just over almost like, almost 2,100 receiving yards. So I don't think you can go to the table when Alvin signs this. Let's just hope it's not Saturday. Now. Let's do it tomorrow. Please, somebody just do this tomorrow. Let's get out of the way. Um, <laughs> okay, 30% on that. Yeah. Uh, I will just comment on each one that – I never count the Vikings out for bending to sign at the last minute. They've done it before. Uh, Anthony Barr was on his way to New York, and then they decided, okay, we'll give you a little bit more cash to stick around. Um, But I think it's smart of you not to put too much on that because this feels like it's getting a little personal between his side and the team. And that's where I wonder – and that's why I just have a different feeling from any of the other deals that have ever been done before is uh, some of the cattiness that seems to be going on between – uh, you know, the team and his side. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it – they, they need to get something done. Dalvin should not be playing on a $1.3 million deal. He is better than that. But they tried to get a deal done back in the middle of August. It didn't happen. The team was like, I'm sorry, we can't waste any more time on this. We're going to table it for now. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, is is the offer that's that was – to my understanding, the offer that was there August 19th that got that got tabled is no longer there. So you're probably going to have to redo this because in, in that time frame, Joe Mixon got a deal. Kareem Hunt got a deal. Alvin Kamara is about to get a deal. Where does Dalvin fall into that? He should be in the Joe Mixon range, if not, you know, more. Mixon got 12. Um, Dalvin should be 12-13. So can he get that? I don't know. It feels like it's gotten so contentious to this point mm-hmm. that I just yep. don't think some. I don't know if something's going to get done. Um, but realistically, if you're smart, you shouldn't be playing on a deal like this. It's just, it's, it's reckless in my choice, opinion because if he's, choice number what, two. Choice number two is he suits up without an extension. Yeah. I put that at 40%. Um, the reason I put that, I mean, you can take him for what he said at face value today that if coaches and calls on him, um, what did he say? I want to quote him directly. I have it. Hold on. Stand did, by. Did you find this quote bizarre, though? It was like, it was not, I am playing football yeah. on Sunday. It was talking around, if coach, well, you, tell me what it is exactly. If but coach if, calls my name, I'll be out there. Like, I read that, that as, mean? I think you can interpret it a bunch of different ways. Uh, without driving yourself to a, a loony bin, I would say <laughs> that that's Dalvin's way of just saying, like, I'll be there. I'll be there. Like, I mean, yeah, it does. It's not a direct way of saying I will be playing a thousand percent, like he said, you know, at training camp. But I, the, to me, that's if Coach Sim calls my name, I'll be out there. Means that if I'm put in the game, I'm gonna play. That's how I took that. Maybe I'm the only one, but that's how I took it. Hey, by the way, did Delvin seem sad to you? Seemed very yeah, sad. He, it I was just he, like I, a. It was a not enthusiastic guy for someone who loves football and definitely could not wait to play football. I just think he's exhausted from it. I think that. Um, you know, in talking to people around the building, that there's just like a different energy and a different vibe around him right now. And I'm sure this is weighing on him. I asked him, like, are you worried about it? Like, it's four days away. Like, I get anxious if I know something's coming up in three weeks and I'm not prepared yes, for it. Definitely, like, definitely. He's, it's four days away, and this is life-changing money in your career. And the fact that you could get injured because you play a position that is – you're a battering ram. Like – your career could be over in one snap, quicker than a receiver, quicker than any other position on that team. You, you should be worried. I know he said he wasn't, and he's, he's saying all the right things, and he's handled this with grace and with class publicly. Like, he's, he's an excellent spokesperson for himself in that way because he has not thrown the team under the bus. He has not thrown his agent under the bus. He has not thrown anybody under the bus. He's handled it as much as he could, saying, 
you know, he's not going to get stressed out about what other running backs are doing. Um, he's not this guy to look at this guy or look at the other guy. You know, he's got to wait his turn. He's saying all the right things. But, yeah, his decorum today, and granted, yes, we are over a Zoom call, but we've been around this guy for a while. Yep. And he didn't seem like his usual self. And it would weigh on any normal person. If you have millions of dollars sitting out in front of you and you don't have it locked up, mm-hmm. I'd be stressed out. Real stressed. Yes. And I absolutely understand if that's how he's feeling, it is warranted. But this could all be ended by going in and signing, you know, going back to the table, signing the deal. Get back to the conversation in just a minute. But first, you've always counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely at your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local restaurants also are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees for your first order when you download the DoorDash app at the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game and every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite team and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, so you've used 70% of your pie chart so far. No yes. miscues. It's no impre- miscues. You've, you've really learned not to use the 5% because that's where it starts yeah, it to get. It just gets tough. Up. Yeah, so all right. The next choice was that he does not suit up, that he says, sorry, folks, sign me to a deal or I never step on that field. Um, I put that at 10%. I just don't know truly how much leverage he has there. Um, the, the one thing would be it's like the accrued season calculation that stresses me out a little bit when I think about it with the COVID-19 rules. So like before it used to be um, that the player has to be full pay status for at least six regular season games to accrue a full season towards free agency. Well, players with le- have at least three accrued seasons that are then eligible for restricted free agency and at least four to be eligible for unrestricted free agency. Right. Um, so like Dalvin, Alvin Kamara, they all have three accrued seasons and one year left on their current deal. Um, that rule now with the CBA would allow them to be unrestricted free agents next March if they have one, if they're on full pay status for one game. So I just don't think he could do that because you know what I mean? Like that just doesn't seem realistic that he would, he would, put himself at a risk to to hurt his earnings even further. Like, here's what he's facing. If you go and you don't get anything done or, you know, if Kamara signs at like 10 a.m. on Sunday morning and the Vikings either do something or they don't or God knows what happens um, and he ends up not not having a deal, you're probably headed towards a franchise tag if they even want to franchise you. And then you're going to make 
far less than that. You're hurting your earnings anyways. The, he'd make more if he didn't sign. If he if he would have signed the, the original deal, he would have made more. Um, and it's just you know he's hurting his earnings by sitting out. I just don't. I don't think realistically that just feels like that high of a probability. And he could try to get around this by playing one game and then sitting out, but there are things written in to the CBA. I mean, first of all, if you decide to hold out for a contract uh, issue, of course there's the, the fact that they can fine you and that you have to pay those fines now. And then there's the other part where it's written into the CBA that if you are not honoring your contract, that they can go after the accrued seasons anyway. So this is why you just want to work out a deal as soon as possible and get this thing done. But you don't think that he's going to sit out. And I, I, I just don't. tend to agree with you. I just don't think it's a smart play. I don't either. I don't know if he has the leverage to do it, to be quite honest with you. I really don't. Cause it's like, if you were going to do the pay me or trade me thing, wouldn't you have done that month ago? Yeah. And maybe, that was the play that they it, yeah. made, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, hmm. maybe. So maybe. then, other is what? Uh, Others twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah, I like it. I don't know. I, I like going twenty percent because you don't know. Wild could happen. I don't know exactly like what it. wild. I mean, it could mean it could mean Alexander Madison and, and Dalvin Cook. They're just running a lot of you know. They run the ball. Kirk throws for ten times again, uh, <laughs> like, like the season over yeah. last year, and both of them. You know, I don't know. I don't know what other is, but it's just a good figure that feels solid. Yeah, he suits up for the game and then says he's not playing after already being announced as being uh, an active player for the game or something. You just, you have no idea what could possibly happen with this situation. And uh, with the Vikings involved, you, you really have to always give other a, a good percentage. I think I this was think one of... I think it's a safe percentage. Yeah, I think this is one of your stronger... Uh, pie charts and I feel like it's just reps that the more reps you get it's like an offensive lineman shifting positions like it really just comes down to reps and that's how you are with these so let me ask you before we wrap up the most important question of the podcast is are you changing your pick with Daniil Hunter out and not 100% certainty that Delvin Cook will suit up you have always picked this game as a win for the Vikings I have I think I might change it I'm not I technically you can't really hold my feet to the fire on this until I turn my pick in for you know when we do it on Thursdays but I I'm leaning towards that way is that a, can, is that a fair enough answer because I don't have the score yet I don't have a lot of things but I do think that you know we, when we think about this defense what was the story when Ngakwe got here okay they're back at elite status yeah yep. they finally got the pieces well the biggest, bestest piece of them all is gone now for three games. <laughs> biggest, bestest is a great way to um, It's, you know, that's going to take an adjustment. And you have a defensive end on the other side who's been here for 30 minutes. And it, it, I just, I don't know if it can come quickly together enough to where your corners just don't get exposed and you don't have any safety depth or reliable safety depth. And, yeah, I anticipate Harrison Smith and, Anthony Harris will play the whole game, but that's just, it puts so much on them. And it's, you know, it worries me. I think Dalvin's going to play. I really do. I don't see a mm-hmm. reason for him not to on Saturday, on Sunday. Um, so that wouldn't, you know, you know, I just, I just don't understand. Like that's but, just, yeah. But another key point is that we spent all off season talking about how continuity, continuity, continuity is important. And nobody has more than the Packers. They have like the same no. exact 
team that they had last year that beat you twice and they didn't need preseason games or anything like that. And all of a sudden you say, well, yeah, the Vikings have continuity of scheme, right? But they have two new players at the guard positions. They have a new number two wide receiver. They have, you know, a new defensive tackle, defensive end, defensive end, defensive tackle, right? So like, Corner, corner, corner. There, there's a lot of not continuity. And if there's anything that's going to be hurt the most uh, when it comes to not having preseasons, at least I think, it's defense. You look at any of the, the bubbles, the WNBA bubble, the NBA bubble, and the first thing that happened, everyone thought, oh, well, nobody will be able to shoot the basketball anymore. No, they couldn't get on the same page defensively to start the bubbles, and people were scoring 50 points a game. So I, I think we're going to see that in the NFL, too. And I think it could be an issue for the Vikings. I had also pegged this one as a win, but not having crowd noise and not having Daniil Hunter, problems. It's just, it's, it's just, I don't know if it's going to be a very pretty game to begin with. I mean, yeah, we talk about not having crowd noise and it's going to be easier on communication and calls of the defense. That sure, but it also means it's going to be a little easier on the offense on third down and things like that. Oh yeah. So, yes. Definitely. I don't know. It, it's just. I don't think anybody can truly know what to expect because this is just such an out-of-body weird experience, and I'm thrilled that it's here. Trust me. I mean, like, it's it's been a long – it was a cold summer. Like, we had we had a lot to get through to get to this point, and I am thankful that the NFL has handled things the way that they have. We haven't had any massive outbreaks of COVID, but, like, this is just the beginning. Um, let's get through week one and see where we're at because right. that, that's kind of what – not trying to think too far ahead but like my head goes a lot of different places and you know it's it stresses me out thinking okay well this is only the first week and we have so many boxes to check I just hope that everybody can check and we can get through this yeah um in in, in a safe and healthy manner I I definitely feel like every podcast should be ended with but it's not that serious (laughs) you know just uh, but it really is okay as long as we can still have football and no one gets COVID and so forth so Okay, deep breath. A couple more days till football. And in fact, probably by the time you're listening to this, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson will be playing NFL 2020 football, and it will be wonderful. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Courtney, for this um, energetic podcast that I really didn't expect to happen when I woke up this morning, but uh, (laughs) it was great. So thank you for your time, as always. You are welcome. Hi, my name is Bobby Peters, and I've recently written a book titled The 2017 New England Patriots Pass Game Manual. If you've ever wondered what makes the New England Patriots offense, specifically their pass game, so successful over the years, this book is for you. The book breaks down in detail the schemes the Patriots use by concept. Each concept is broken down into its different variations, its statistical usage based on down and distance, and the important coaching points for how each route is run and how the quarterback reads the play. The book is available now on Amazon. Get your copy today. Did somebody say playoffs, NBA, and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered? Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall. There's no shortage of ways to bet on hundreds of odds, futures, and props there. So take advantage of the return to sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.